Welcome back. It's finding new films and a new face. As always, it's your boy, Hunter. This is one of my roommates. This is one of my best friends since I was 15. His name's Zach. What's up, Zach? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> we watched the new movie, as per usual. Uh, this time was Zach's pick, kind of. Yeah, it was mutual. So if you saw the end of last week's episode, I uh, I had to asterisk myself like three times. I was like, oh, we're probably watching La La Land with Spencer. And I had to hit <laughs> yeah. Astra, Astra with the Zach. And then, but nevertheless, we're here. Mm. Ad Astra, Zach. Uh, I, had normal, I had originally picked this movie and I was like, we can change it. And Zach was like, eh. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for sci-fi. What can I say? If it's got space, Zach will I'm watch there. it. Zach's in space constantly. <laughs> At work, he's yeah, at space. I'm spaced out right now, actually. <laughs> I don't know where I am. But, um, yeah. So, at Astra, that's where we are. Um, what were your thoughts going into this movie? Uh, really excited. Gave it my all, 110%. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, I was really excited to watch this movie it was one I heard about like yeah. when it first came out but I just never took the time to actually watch it yeah I I should go on record and go ahead and say I so I really wanted to see this movie when it came out uh, I was still with my parents when this movie came out and I went to the theaters with my parents <laughs> after having worked an 8 hour shift uh, earlier that morning um, with a reclined seat theater, fully in the dark, Deadly and combo. if you've ever seen this movie, yeah. it's pretty quiet. <laughs> like, there's some intense moments where the sound really gets turned up, but there's some quiet yeah, moments no. in this movie, and nevertheless, I fell asleep, um, <laughs> and I, I've only seen the first 20 minutes, um, so watching this movie again for like the first twenty minutes was like a, just a honestly yeah. a refresher. Yeah. yeah, it was just a recap. But everything after that I hadn't seen. But uh, glad to have seen it because this movie was really good. It was really good. I I did not think that I would think as highly as I do of this movie, but I I, I think it really it really hits the mark mm-hmm. really really well. Um, any any thoughts like as soon as the movie ends like any thoughts of you know immediate quick reactions to how you felt about it um well it really didn't go in the direction I thought it was like I don't know I think Interstellar came out like before that sometimes similar so I thought it was going to be more of like a like a mind-altering, like, you know, like, fourth-dimension type thing. Like, his dad went some, like, anomaly, you know, <laughs> got lost. But it was very just, like, real. Yeah. Like, it was a very real space movie. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it such it's such rooted in humanity and having, like... I mean, I think that's one of my one of my notes too. Is like this movie has got it's like Interstellar, but it's mm. even more human. Yeah, like you have that. It's scene. so much more li- really really relatable. Right. Yeah. I feel like, and I mean, I we talked about this. I had 
talked to my dad since he had seen this movie. I we talked about it, and he was like, "You could take space out of this movie, and it'd still be a great movie." Yeah. Um, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. It, this movie, I feel like this movie really hits on all on all aspects. Um, and it, it, yeah, it just really speaks to like human will, human sacrifice, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Really loved it. Um, so. I think from there we're going to transition into getting into some specifics about production and then we're going to read the plot and then we're going to get deep into our thoughts because this movie offers you uh, the opportunity to get deep into your thoughts. Oh, it really does. It really, really does and I love it. So, um, Ad Astra, uh, released in 2019, runtime of 124 minutes about two hours and four minutes. Uh, it's written by James Gray and Ethan Gross, uh, directed by James Gray. Score is done by Max Richter. The camera work is done by Hoyt Van Hoyt Hamma. Uh, star of the movie, Brad Pitt. Uh, I would say Tommy Lee Jones is another star of the movie. And really not a large cast, filled out by Ruth Naga, uh, Donald Sutherland, and Liv Tyler. Um... The cast was incredible in this movie. Mm-hmm. Acting was, I, I'm gonna like I don't normally stop after the cast, but I have to shout it out. This cast was perfectly cast, and it, they all deliver perfectly. And that could probably say something to the direction of the, you know, of the characters. But mm-hmm. I thought the acting was great. What do you think? Yeah, no, Brad was amazing. Plus, yeah. like his narrating throughout the entire movie was really good. Yeah. Like, I don't know, his voice is really soothing. <laughs> yeah, it, the the narration, I thought, was one yeah. of the sh- very, very strong yeah. points of the movie. I mean, I feel like the narration really drove the movie at mm-hmm. certain points. Because, um, like, I mean, there is just a lot of silence. Yeah. And I, and I love that about the score. Mm-hmm. I love them painting yeah. the space in such a realistic way of it being, like, silent. Mm. Whenever the camera's then, outside the ship, it's dead silent you know yeah and i feel like the score is more painting how the character feels in the moment rather than you it's not meant to be interpreted as like oh that's what's happening outside the ship Mm -hmm. and there was a few moments where there was some explosions and they Mm -hmm. were like they were audible and i'm like well that's not real but (laughs) yeah you know you kind of have to play to you know hollywood and that that type of thing but so there will always be that but i love the i love the realism mm-hmm. that's mostly throughout the score i, I love how they sold the movie mm-hmm. as a, mostly silent and i think that's how all space movies should be sold but that's me personally <laughs> but um i'm gonna read the plot real quick and we're gonna dive deeper into our thoughts Oh, okay. I'm going to try to get through this without fucking it up. <laughs> okay. Plot as follows. In the late 21st century, the solar system is being struck by mysterious power surges, threatening all human life. Major Roy McBride, son of presumed dead astronaut H. Clifford McBride, is informed by U.S. Space Command... Spacecom that the surges have been traced to the Lima project created 29 years earlier under Clifford's leadership 
to search the galaxy for intelligent life, nothing has been heard from the Lima crew since reaching Neptune 16 years ago. Told his father may be alive, Roy agrees to travel to Mars where he can attempt to establish communication with him. Roy is joined by Colonel Pruitt, his father's old associate. Roy acclaimed for his ability to remain calm under extreme pressure, shows little emotion, emotional reaction to his father possibly being alive. Arriving on the moon, Roy and Pruitt are then escorted by U.S. military personnel to the Spacecom base located in a disputed war zone on the moon's far side. En route to the lunar rovers, scavengers, uh, scavenger pirates uh, ambush them and as kill the escorts. Uh, Roy and Pruitt make it to the base, but Pruitt suffers cardiac problems and remains behind. He gives Roy a classified message stating that if Roy fails to contact his father, then the Lima Project station will have to be destroyed. As Roy travels to Mars aboard Cepheus, a distress signal is received from a Norwegian biomedical research space station. Uh, Captain Tanner insists they must investigate overriding Roy's protest that the mission takes precedence and other ships can respond. The station appears to be abandoned. Tanner and Roy split up to investigate. Roy discovers an escaped baboon attacking Tanner. Roy kills it, then a second baboon. Uh, Tanner dies from his injuries, but Roy shows little emotion. In a psychological evaluation, he admits to experiencing rage and recalls his father expressing his own rage. Another surge hits as the Cepheus is attempting to land on Mars. Roy assumes command and calmly lands the ship after uh, the acting captain-slash-pilot is overcome with fear. In the underground space com base, Roy meets facility director Helen Lantos. He is told to record voice messages to send to the Lima Project in hopes that Clifford will respond. Uh, after receiving no response from their first message, the crew sends another, during which Roy goes off script with an emotional appeal to his father. Cliff responds, though Roy is prevented from hearing the message. Spacecom plans a mission to send the Lima Project Station. Sorry, Spacecom plans a mission to the Lima Project Station, but refuses to allow Roy to participate, believing his personal connection poses a risk. Roy's demand to hear a response, uh, hear the response is ignored, and he is summarily removed to a comfort room. Uh, while sequestered, Roy is visited by Lantos, who reveals that both her parents were Lima Project members. She shows Roy classified footage revealing that Clifford's team mutinied and attempted to return to Earth, causing him to shut off their life support systems. Her parents were among those killed. She tells Roy that the Cepheus will go to Lima Project Station to destroy it with a nuclear weapon. The two decide that Roy should confront should confront Clifford and Lantos help Roy gain access to the rocket launch site. Uh, Roy climbs aboard the rocket and takes off and is immediately discovered by the crew who are instructed to neutralize him at any cost. The crew is unintentionally killed in the confrontation. During the 79-day journey to Neptune, a solitary Roy reflects on his own relationship with his father and his estranged wife, Eve. The mission's isolation and stress takes a mental toll. Uh, while approaching the Lima Project Station and a shuttle attached to the Cepheus, the shuttle is damaged in a collision with objects in Neptune's ring during another surge and is unable to dock with the station. Roy enters the station via a spacewalk while the shuttle drifts away. Finding the crew's dead bodies inside, he plants the nuclear weapon before encountering Clifford, uh, the station's sole survivor. 
Clifford explains that the surges are coming from the ship's malfunctioning antimatter power source, which was damaged in the mutiny. Clifford reveals to Roy that there are no extraterrestrial life out there and human beings are alone in this universe. Clifford admits to Roy that he never really cared about his family and does not consider Earth his home. Roy copies uh, data gathered by the Lima Project team and persuades Clifford to accompany him back to Earth. He arms the bomb and they climb out on the station's outer hull to return to the Cepheus. Clifford suddenly launches them into space using his spacesuit's thrusters. Clifford pleads for Roy to untether him. Roy reluctantly does so and watches his father drift away into space. Roy propels him back to the Cepheus using his own spacesuit without enough fuel to return home. Roy relies on a shockwave from the nuclear explosion in the station to propel the Cepheus. Uh, the data retrieved from the Lima Project base suggests that humans are the only intelligent life in galaxy. Roy is inspired to reconnect with those closest to him, and he returns to Earth with a newfound optimism. After expressing his opinions in a psychological evaluation, he rejoins his wife. And that is Ad Astra. So, um, yeah. Pretty heavy. Very heavy. Especially towards the end. Very, very heavy stuff. Yeah. Um... I guess we'll just start from the top. Um, that that first explosion in the movie, where he's just like on that lunar antenna, or the just the space yeah, antenna, yeah. and he just like it just that was starts. that was metal. <laughs> that was that was insane. And he just lets go. I for sure thought to... it started the movie with him just dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's kind of a kind of a weird, kind of a weird start point for your movie to just have your main character die. But You're free falling from the stratosphere, like. But I guess we're uh, we're in different times. This is the late 21st century, so. Is that when it was? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I was wondering. I think so. Mm -hmm. It just said some time in the future. Yeah. So. I was wondering because inflation was crazy. <laughs> they said there was like 120 dollars for like a blanket and a pillow. But you have to imagine, you are kind of paying for jet fuel. That's you're true. They are on a spaceship. You're paying for so rocket fuel. That's, that's very true. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I also have another note. Uh, I really enjoyed the sound design when they told him that he, like, his dad was still alive. Mm. Like, the sound, like, completely, yeah. like, like it's kind of gets muffled. Mm-hmm. As if you're in his head of, like... like processing this yeah, information. Like, like, holy shit. Like, I don't hear anything yeah. else we're saying. Right he hasn't now, seen his dad in 29 years. And... Yeah. And you just have something like, eh, I kind of think your dad's alive. Yeah. Um, Actually, of... we know your dad's alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to have you out there. We're going to send you out. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to try to get back. Um, we want you to do it. Are you cool? Are you, are you <laughs> yeah. feeling good? Or... Yeah. I don't... I could... No, I could not. I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> his, yeah, no, thank you. His character in this movie is so stone cold. Yeah. Like, he's very emotionless yeah. in the very, like, first half of the movie. Yeah. I I have right here, I have Brad Pitt disappears in this role despite literally them changing nothing about his appearance. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you, I could believe this is 100% a different person. Mm -hmm. And it's fully Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> but but the way that uh, that he like um, the zen that this character feels like he has, mm -hmm. which 
you come to find out and you come to realize is really just compartmentalization. Yeah, and, just bottled up emotions. Yeah, bottled up rage. Yeah. And he, um, it, it honestly becomes, over the course of the movie, it becomes devastating. Yeah, no, because uh, it all comes out when he like comes back to Earth after his yeah. dad dies. Yeah, I really, yeah. What were you going to say? To just, like, everything just kind of put it in perspective for him. Like, he would always, like, you know, push away his wife yeah. for his career. And I feel like... And I, and I love them playing that into, well, you, he watched his dad. Yeah. I mean, what else, what else is he going to do? Yeah, I mean, his dad left him and his family. When yeah. he was 16 years old. And he watched his mom, like he said in the movie, I mean, he saw her become ill, and it's like, mm -hmm. as much as he wants to, how can he develop empathy? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Roy's character, like Brad Pitt's character, is probably a sociopath, or... Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like he still does have empathy, but, you know, at the same time, I feel like... He feels like he's above people. Yeah. Especially um, around, like, other colleagues whenever he was making his travels. Yeah. Like that one uh, assistant <laughs> pilot who was shitting bricks whenever he was trying to <laughs> land the plane. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we're 20 degrees off. Yeah, he was like, just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Brad Pitt came in, Sigma male moment, just fucking... <laughs> Alright, you'll take it from here. <laughs> I'm not going to tell anybody that, that happened, but you know why I did that. <laughs> that was wild. He was mm -hmm. like, no, uh, sir, I hope you know why I did that. <laughs> You're welcome. And I'm not going to tell anybody yeah. that happened. <laughs> and then I love them playing that into like... Oh, now these guys are gonna go kill my dad. It's like fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, no. If anybody's gonna kill that, it's gonna, it's gonna be me. fucking Roy. You don't, you don't even know that. I'm gonna show you what fucking pain is. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, have this written down. I have. Quote, we are world eaters. Um, I'm pretty sure Brad Pitt said that earlier yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Um, one of his voiceovers. The voiceovers in this movie are written so well. They are. Like, the the philosophy that they're trying to put forward mm -hmm. and just, like, the overall just... Honestly, it was really surprising him. Like, surprising to hear him say that. Because, yeah. like, like, watching the movie, like, first time, I always just imagined him as, like, this... Like, U.S. military robot type of guy, like, you know, follow orders, but, like, he actually has his, like, a lot of what he's doing, he kind of resents. Yeah. The very self-serving, but in a yeah. way that you can really sit back and be like, I don't see a problem with anything that you're yeah. doing. <laughs> you're just doing, you're what I would do. Mm -hmm. So, that's, that's a, definitely an interesting uh, aspect of it. Capitalism is definitely <laughs> a big theme of this movie. Yeah. And it's further advancements as we get into the future and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Virgin further expansion. Virgin Atlantic taking you to the fucking moon. <laughs> yeah. They're being You're talking about commercial flights like commercial space flights. Yeah. Yeah. 
it being like, oh, when's the last time you went to the moon? Like, uh, <laughs> it's been a long time, but it's been a while. Like it having been a while for a human being to be at the moon mm-hmm. is pretty wild to and, say. And, you know, <laughs> having your passport book. <laughs> yeah, they just stamp <laughs> it the moon, into, your, yeah. into your passport. That'd be pretty cool, honestly. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really, really enjoyed the aspect of this movie where it didn't take any shortcuts at all. It could have taken every single out possible. There's so many shortcuts that it could have taken with the story. It could have like glossed cut. it could have glossed over how he got to the moon. That's it could true. have glossed yeah. over how he got to Mars. It could yeah. have glossed over how he got to Neptune. And every single time yeah. they took the time out to write a logical reason for why everything happened. Mm. And maybe it's not logical, but... Yeah. Any matters leaking and right. the EMP waves coming to the earth. Right. But, but yeah, it, it all makes, makes but sense. It, but it gave you a, a very linear story of mm. why you're out there. Yeah. It could have very well been like, oh, there's aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, it literally yeah. just being like, no, his dad just kind of went insane yeah. with his research. And I mean, 29 years in space. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that that the first um the first thing that he saw when um the Martian lady, uh what is her name? Oh the girl uh, that helped. Uh, her name is in the air. It doesn't really matter. But the the lady who's from Mars whose parents were killed by his parents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that first time where he's seeing that that video when he's like they tried to compromise the mission. Yeah. I had to do what I had to do. And he's like some of the guilty were killed and some of the innocent. <laughs> yeah. And it's like uh, is that your dad boy? <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> and I loved the graying out of the yeah. uh, of the morality and yeah. um even when he accidentally kills those <laughs> like all those people who are just trying to like stop, stop him from him. just neutralizing like, just joining the mission uh god that was a trip <laughs> <laughs> first like five minutes on board he's like guys chill out i'm i'm, I'm just trying to help you guys he murders all of them they all just die on accident really yeah i don't even know how the first girl died like i still can't comprehend it yeah that really shocked me well like, like the the fuel pot ejected so the, there was like kickback in the ship uh, and, and she so, just got fucking yeah zero G's she just got shoved uh, to the back of the ship just yeah yeah that really uh, god <laughs> oh my god I and mean, it was pretty similar to when he pressurized the cabin and killed that baboon that was that was wild that was gruesome I just I wrote down a note just saying space monkeys question mark <laughs> <laughs> bro I have the same shit where is it up here rabbits <laughs> 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 that's so funny because <laughs> like like going to this movie like I said I thought it was going to be like some kind of otherworldly explanation yeah. so I was like oh what's what's going on with this guy like is he <laughs> like is there an alien like is there like something no I, I swear I, I thought we were about to get a planet of the apes type shit oh my like, god there's so many different turns in that movie like yeah. I just did not know where it was going <laughs> it was yeah, but I loved it I loved the uh, I don't know if I loved the space monkeys part yeah that was a bit out, outlandish I I, I could have <laughs> gone without the space monkeys stuff. <laughs> I'll be honest um, I'd say that's like the weak part of the movie but it's I think 
it that's is like one of those things that movie. serves the like the idea of capitalism and like the fact that if we keep going on like this path of like hating animals that this is like mm-hmm. we're getting our retribution for mm-hmm. testing ourselves with like testing on animals yeah like it's all your fault you brought monkeys yeah with you in an enclosed capsule in space yeah <laughs> and you expect them to like yeah have their wits about them yeah or like stay sane it's yeah honestly and i and i you know i, I understand that aspect mm-hmm. of it so that's why i don't mind it that much mm-hmm. what were you gonna say it could be like a alluding to like his father pretty much going crazy and killing everybody on board and yeah, and another part of that is like, you look at baboons, you look at apes, and like we obviously all understand like the, the different correlation yeah. there is like, we came from them, mm-hmm. and it's like how different are we really than the baboons in space? Yeah. And I, I don't know, I get that <laughs> yeah. because because then you look in the Cepheus's whole crew, and then he acts the same as the baboons do. Mm-hmm. They're taking mood stabilizers. Yeah, I mean, bro, you yeah. know, and they. I mean, they attack him in the same, like, animalistic way. So, yeah, definitely that that, that part. Mm -hmm. You know what? Now that we've talked about it, I kind of grew on a little bit. Glad. See, this podcast is good. It's enlightening. I like this. Yeah, no. Yeah, that was awesome. Now that I've talked about it, I like that part a lot now. (laughs) All right, I think it's time for our ad break. (laughs) (laughs) It honestly is. It's it's pretty close. Shout out ASPCA for sponsoring this video. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you yeah. for sponsoring this video. Baboons are tight. <laughs> yeah, when he pressurized that cabin, I was so pissed <laughs> yeah, off. When he shot that baboon, uh, I wanted to. I was, ooh, I was red hot. I was red hot. Yeah, calm down, calm down. <laughs> but yeah, I think we have time for like one or two more thoughts, mm. and then we're gonna hit the break. Mm. Um, the cinematography on that Mayday scene was incredible when they i don't know if you remember it but they hit that like 360 shot and then they like went out of the capsule yeah and then they, yeah. they went back into the capsule and they hit another 360 mm-hmm. one of my favorite cinematographers mm-hmm. um is hoyt van hoyt hama he has done a lot of really good movies mm-hmm. um what others? I was super excited when I saw this movie. Uh, he put me on the spot, so I don't remember, but I'll look it up. But I, I loved. I, he was always been known for like exposure in dark, mm-hmm. um, in dark movies. Very, so very apt yeah. for him to be in this movie. But um, I'm seeing right here. He was a cinematographer on her. From 2013, Joaquin Phoenix. That movie is beautiful. Scarjo. He's a cinematographer on Interstellar, um, Tenet. Tenet? Oh my god. uh, Dunkirk. Nope. I mean, yeah. He's definitely like not a novice when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah, he's 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 the guy. Spectre, Spectre, the the Double of Seven movie, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I mean, yeah, it goes on and on. Inspector Gadget. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's 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 a great cinematographer. I mean, and Nope is mostly filmed in the dark as well. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of which, I loved how, um, like, whenever they're on the moon, mm-hmm. like the dark side and the light side. I don't know, switching into, like, going from riding the dune buggy from the light side to the dark side was just, it was so cool. Yeah, metaphor there, too, and yeah. beautiful one at that. 
Um, yeah, especially after the chase scene. Yeah. Which, by the way, there's some really good action scenes like in this movie. Yeah. Like it can be, it can be like a like a slow burn, but like it really catches you off guard when it happens. Yeah, it's they they did a really good job, and I mean having to work with the the like physics of that too, like yeah, the, the zero gravity physics. Yeah, they did a lot with that, like. Yeah. They really used it creatively. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, even to the shooting, the pain yeah, relievers, yeah. or the mood stabilizers, rather. But, yeah, I I've, I thought they did a great job of, like, just in general painting space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then grounding that story as well. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But we got 30 seconds left on our <laughs> timer, so I'm going to transition this into the break. And... Uh, stick with us. Uh, we're gonna finish up our thoughts. I think. I mean, this this has been the most like all over the place we've really been with our thoughts, but I think it's I think mm-hmm. it's serving it really well. I think this movie can be all over the place. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. But yeah, stick with it. Um, we'll be right back. Thank you. <laughs> Another finger gun. <laughs> Where are the aliens? <laughs> <laughs> That's my question for you. <laughs> they're not around, bro. They, they're not, they don't exist. Okay, fair point. Let's move on. Let's move on. You've talked about this enough. <laughs> <laughs> Hold him back. Look at his ass. We didn't script that at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've said it like 30 times, but we'll go over it for a 31st. This film is a worst-case scenario for what space capitalism could possibly be. Um, Yeah. I don't think we need to go further into that. I think that's very straightforward. Um, Talked about this. The the pressurized cabin scene where he pressurizes the cabin and implodes that monkey is disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely, like, gut-wrenching yeah. as a, to watch. And, uh, not gut-wrenching. It's a monkey, but... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't some, know him. We're sponsored by PETA. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, no, but yeah. Plus, like, his heart rate didn't... Like, they reveal that his heart rate just doesn't spike at all during intense <laughs> Like, he's so calm and Yeah, the baboons hit, and he's like, oh, you're at 70 BPM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're kind of getting high there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> the Apple Watch telling him to stand up every once in a while. <laughs> You've hit your walking goal for today. <laughs> God, I hate that shit so bad. Um... They ripped that fucking guy's nose off. Though. Yeah, yeah, that shit was crazy. Like, I didn't realize it until they showed his body afterwards, but damn, they really they really studied their baboon attacks. Like That, that was, and, and like I said, that that's where they kind of, like, every part of the movie, they, like, they don't fucking just, like, half-ass anything. Mm. His whole nose got ripped yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they took the time to, like, do that and yeah. make sure that that was a part of the movie. And, I don't know. I feel like it enhanced the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. But that was pretty pretty grotesque. He, mm-hmm. that, that nose was fully ripped off and fully shown. Yeah. <laughs> and it was ripped off. The Voldemort treatment. <laughs> 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 
uh, and next note I have um, monologue about rage was beautifully intense mm-hmm. and extremely vulnerable and yeah it was like one of the first times you see him open up yeah it was very heartwarming I really loved it a lot especially like during those little sessions where he has yeah. to be approved psychologically yeah um, like it's really like he really turned into like his own therapy session. Yeah. Like as I, soon as as soon as he got approved, he went completely silent. Like he's like, there's no reason to talk about this anymore. Yeah. Like it's it's so it's so yeah. I those psyche valves really pound home the um the idea of like the compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. It it they show so well because you've seen what happened, you know, and then he goes to talk about it and he's just like, uh, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. He goes, how are you, well, how are you feeling? <laughs> he always talks about everything other than himself. Yeah. During the site. Like, you can tell he's avoiding it. And I love the touch that he goes into his father's rage. Mm-hmm. And he still gets approved for his psych evaluation. Yeah, that part was, yeah. I love that touch. I love that he was approved for being vulnerable in that situation. And then later on in the movie, he was, like, being fake. During this yeah. evaluation, he was like, I did the job. I did what had to be done. And he got denied. And, they, and they're reading his heart yeah. rate, and they're like, I'm not yeah. feeling that way, actually. About yeah. You have a lot more emotion than you're leading on. And yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed that touch of it being like, oh, you know, you're still cool, calm, and collected, but you're being honest. Mm-hmm. And. You know yeah. that that you 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 know you're approved because mm-hmm. you're still thinking with a sound mind, uh, and with a clear conscience. And but later on, it's very obvious to the the AI even yeah. that he's Cut not thinking with a clear conscience. And... You're fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you're not like that, and <laughs> yeah. that's what we're trying to tell you. And you're not listening. <laughs> it's yeah. Loved those scenes. Mm. Those psych evaluation scenes were some of the best parts of the movie, mm. in my opinion. You feel the same way? I do. Yeah. Especially whenever he's, uh, when they give him the script uh, mm. to send out messages yes. to his dad to try to contact him. And like the first time he goes off script, they actually get a response back from his dad. Yes. Absolutely mm. love those scenes. Oh, God. I mean, like, We'll get a little... I'm going to get a little intimate here. Um, as someone who has, like, a gr- pretty great relationship with their dad, um, you know, this movie is super, super duper um, fucking great to watch. Um, <laughs> you think it's not good to watch if you... No, 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 no. <laughs> Daddy issues? No. It helps... <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, no, honestly, it might be a bit triggering. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But I'm saying, knowing, like, I want to say this right. So, like, this movie does a great job of painting how men have to mask their emotions within society to feel like they're still being, like, treated as people. Mm-hmm. And then... There's the other layer of men masking their emotion because they need to be accepted by other men. Yeah. Then there's the whole other uh, layer of him masking his emotions because he wants to still, like, have the relationship with his dad. Mm-hmm. 
I just feel like this movie does such a good job of like displaying masculinity mm. in the pitfalls and the um like what can bring you up through masculinity like mm. what good masculinity looks like and mm. what bad masculinity looks like and the, the gray area of masculinity where it's like am I so wrong for compartmentalizing these feelings because they are really hard and mm-hmm. like it's like if I had to deal with this at all times like I would kill myself probably <laughs> yeah in, in his scenario because of what he's seen mm. and him dealing with that and you knowing everything he's had to deal with. I mean, he has to deal with the guilt of accidentally having killed three people because they're trying to stop him from... Seeing his father, yeah. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and the, the fact that he can compartmentalize that is alarming. Yeah, and very scary. <laughs> it's alarming. It's super alarming. Yeah. But the fact that... It kind of just like it runs as like a oh well that happened mm-hmm. type of thing is like kind of how men are made to feel in a society sometimes, and that's alarming. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, that's all I was trying to speak mm-hmm. at. speak to really is that like it really plays on how society views masculinity and how men react to said societal like. Mm-hmm. Um, expectations and yeah I, I thought it did a great job mm-hmm. of speaking to that and yeah I, I, that's all i have for that yeah. but i wanted to get that thought out super super duper uh super good <laughs> film for uh explaining masculinity <laughs> within layers mm-hmm. but yeah first movie in a in the history of the podcast to make me cry. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Which parts? The part where he realizes that his dad is still alive, or he might be, and, mm-hmm. like, the the sound cuts out a little bit, mm-hmm. and he, like, starts zoning in on, like, maybe my dad is alive. That, like, teared me up a little bit, but I think the moment that really got me was when he... Oh, I think I wrote the line right above it. Yeah, I did. Um, that line where he says, I, I don't want to be my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When he, like, he makes it clear that he does not want to make the same mistakes as his dad. And Was that during the third, uh, like, the psyche evaluation? Yeah. Okay. Where he's talking about rage. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was, that was pretty deep. It was, that was tough to yeah. hear. And, like, him being like, I, I don't want to be like my dad. And I mean, then, he grew up thinking his dad was a hero. Yeah. And that's and then getting out there and seeing who he truly was yeah. is just it's really shocking. It I have to imagine it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you think your dad's a hero, and then all these people along the way are like, "I loved your dad. He's yeah, a good guy." He's the reason I'm up here right now. At the same time, and like, the you gotta... Oh my God, do you? Sorry to go off topic, <laughs> but the scene where he enters his dad's spaceship for the yeah. first time. Like seeing all the bodies float around and then seeing the TV in the corner, yeah, playing the like old time musical. musicals oh, that he brought, that he talked about how much he liked watching with him as a kid, that was tough. Yeah, and that the, was really tough. The way that it was like played into the score of everything, mm-hmm. and being so ominous and mm-hmm. echoing through the station, like his dead crewmates just floating yeah. around. Yeah, 
And it's like, this is the only thing that's keeping him, like, yeah. remotely sane mm-hmm. is, like, seeing these old, like, films that, like, grounds him back. Mm-hmm. And he says he hates Earth, but he's still playing these musicals. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think, that, you know, I love that. I love that. I, we don't have to talk about it because it's pretty obvious. But I, I that, that's very, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Plus, I mean, the moment when he had to cut his dad loose was very gut-wrenching. Yeah. Him just, like, him screen-crying in his spacesuit. Yeah. You just can't hear anything, but you can just see how much pain he's going through. Yeah. And I I think I have this later on in the movie. Brad Pitt's facial expressions throughout the entire movie sell his, his whole performance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to be able to deliver a line with convincing, like, mm-hmm. a tone and convincing, uh, you know... Uh, intentions but to be able to fully tell the story with your facial expressions mm-hmm. is a whole nother thing in yeah. this movie he does an incredible job with facial expression and I can understand why he won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in, oh for this like, movie yes oh wow I after seeing it I don't know who won Oscar in 2019 but I don't I need to see that performance because <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know that then it takes the 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 cake. Do you know who I think won it? Who? Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. For Joker? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I do. I think, yeah. Honestly, I do think I have seen it then, and I can I can understand hard, that. hard, hard. That's a hard one. I can see how it. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we did see. We actually we did, did, we did see. see. Um, yeah, he did win the Oscar. Yeah, I think we did actually. <laughs> we'll see who <Yeah>. wins. <laughs> oh, shit. Joaquin <laughs> <laughs> won. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are the no. 2019 Oscars going No, I, I, that's actually legitimately, that's exactly who won. It was Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to look it up. I know exactly who did. <clears throat> uh, we talked about the voiceover being good. Um... Uh, another part that made me cry was the look in Brad Pitt's eyes after he made that like really heartfelt transmission to his dad and he was like like that the one where he went off script yeah and yeah. like the look in his eyes after and he's like staring into the booth and they're just kind of like well, yeah, well, maybe know. we're gonna get something yeah. oh, oh. and he's just and trivializing his <laughs> yeah yeah that his was, turmoil his yeah. turmoil that was uh, that was hard to watch yeah um have something about cinematography that doesn't really make sense. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be stopped. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you, yeah, probably. Um, I thought the cinematography throughout the whole movie was really great. I yeah. thought uh, the, the, the cinematographer, again, and we've already talked about it, but he delivers a masterclass in this movie. Uh, just... Yeah. Anything you want to know about a dark tone, about it lighting a dark mm-hmm. uh, scene without making the dark scene feel bright, mm-hmm. watch that movie. Like, try to learn how he did that. Like, because wow, the CGI in the movie is really good too. Yeah, and that's another thing he's great at. He's great at filming yeah. scenes for CGI. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing he's known for, and that's why he was tapped for Tenet and Dunkirk mm-hmm. and yeah, absolutely incredible. Great guy. Yeah, I'd love to see like the behind the scenes for this movie and seeing what all went into it. And I mean, he did Interstellar too, 
So I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Interstellar so. was visually crazy. Yeah. So. And I haven't seen Tenet, but I've heard the same thing. Uh, Preston from last episode. Yeah, Preston always talks about. From it. last episode only. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing he's ever known for. <laughs> uh, no, but we we uh, he made me watch Tenet. Made me literally <laughs> made me watch Tenet, and uh, happy for it. I wish I had known what they were saying. Um, if you know anything about Christopher Nolan, that motherfucker loves somebody who can't uh, articulate. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises with Bane. You're like, I don't like it, no. Uh, and then Tenet. They, there's literally a scene where um, there's a British man talking, and mm-hmm. he's got a, uh, a, a, a oxygen mask over his face, and he's going, <laughs> and you're like, what? all right, I guess, yeah, that's, uh, that's dialogue, I guess. Pretty English dub for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, excuse me, love, that is English. <laughs> yeah, that that movie's really hard to track. But back on track, uh, I love how the honesty and I love the honesty and how genuine the emotion of the movie is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like something we talked about. The whole Cepheus got wiped out. The whole thing. The whole ship. You talking about the crew? Or? The whole crew. Yeah, no, that was wild. I had to rewind that. Because I was like, he's the last person standing? Like, how the fuck did they all die? I, like, it was just so... It, it was like a span of five minutes and the entire crew just dies. I, I kind of wish that the captain had stayed alive. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, um, well, like in some capacity, half of me is like, I wish there was somebody out there with him mm-hmm. to like be like, you need to kill this guy. This guy's gonna fucking screw mm-hmm. his whole thing up. And he's like, no, wait. Yeah. And they're yeah. trying to set the nuke off, and then they yeah, like, and they try to get the. I, but yeah. I guess that's kind of like a trope. Yeah. Know, but I don't know. I don't know if this movie would have benefited with more conflict or if the conflict in the movie is enough. I think I think it kind of, I think it was good that he was the last person. I mean, he had a, the fact that his father didn't come back to Earth with him, just left him alone for like three months, three four months, just by himself. Yeah. Thinking about everything that's been going on. Yeah, and I guess yeah, that's like the most of the, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was more for him to sit there and sit with his thoughts of mm-hmm. like how he feels about his dad. Yeah. That way he can, like, kind of approach it with a level mind, kind mm. of, because he's been I in mean, space for how long? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not sound of mind, but... Sound of mind. A sound of mind you can have, <laughs> having spent months in space. Middle, maybe a there. year. <laughs> yeah. I love the visual of him getting back to Earth, and he's got a full-grown beard and hasn't tried yeah. to shave at all and you can tell he has not been trying to get a, like not been moving he got out of the the spaceship no, I mean, and like just he, collapsed yeah like he yeah. yeah 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 and um I really enjoyed that of him being just in so even just being in a catatonic state mm-hmm. just being like fuck yeah. <laughs> like I've thought for 30 years that my dad was dead I finally get to him and he wants me to kill him yeah and that one line that he says to him right before he like cuts him off and he just like drifts out in space 
saying uh, unlove me. Like that, that was just crazy. Could not imagine that at all. <laughs> yeah, I would just break down yeah. like a baby. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, not, not much more can really be said about that. Don't watch this with your dad. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be awkward. Well, unless you love your dad, yeah. and if you love your dad, I think this would be fine. But if you, yeah. and you and your dad are a little we'll see bit each other in a minute, reconnect after a couple yeah, years, but, sit down yeah. and watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it'll definitely bring you very close together and you won't have any resentment um, I mean related to this I have uh, I have a quote that I wrote down the son suffers the sins of the father mm. was um, that in the movie or was that yeah was it where yeah um, that was one of the voiceovers oh was it yeah I love that quote the son always suffers the sins of his father um, yeah and then that montage mm. about loss when he's drifting off and like on his way to his dad there's like a little there's a mini montage that, about about loss that. in general not mm-hmm. really about his dad but like about his dad and then he's thinking about his, his wife about uh, Liv Tyler yeah his wife and then mm-hmm. yeah yeah where yeah. it kind of like like it like mounts all of this loss and hurt that he's felt throughout his whole life he and just his pain like, like this acknowledged one, yeah this built up pain <laughs> yeah. that he has and they yeah and he really I love how he, like, actually changes at the end of the movie. Like, yeah. everything he went through, like, wanting to reconnect with his wife again. Yeah. To actually try and be present for her. Yeah. Um, when Tommy Lee Jones said, this is home. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. He's too far gone. He's going to have to kill him. <laughs> yeah. He's going to have to kill him. Like, he just, he can't. There's no way. There's no way it, it can end well. <laughs> this is home. And I, I feel like that whole scene where he's talking to him when he finally gets into the, into the, um, into his ship, mm-hmm. he's like, he's talking to him the whole time in the Lima Project ship. He's talking to him, and you just see like the hurt on his face because mm-hmm. he kind of like knows what's happening. Yeah, here. like he understands, he understands that his dad is not going, going crazy. To come back from this. No. Um. But I think it that that part where that part is where you really notice where it's like Roy is willing to cut off this relationship. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he sees his father, like, he hasn't seen him since he was 16 years old. Yeah. And to see him in this kind of state. Yeah. In the the psychological state that Brad Pitt's character is in, you can understand how he's in a spot where, like, he's ready to let go of everything. Because he really sees Earth as his home. Mm -hmm. And, like, his dad is so far gone that he'll never let go of anything. Uh, that he believes in and I like to think that like Brad yeah. wanted to be more like his father in like yeah. the beginning of the movie like he wanted to commit his life to yeah. space exploration and everything and then towards the end of the movie he's just he sees what it does to a person yeah and I I think that really big overall you know realization that when he finally gets to his dad and his dad's like there's nothing out there yeah <laughs> losing all hope yeah and he's like there's nothing there's just nothing mm-hmm. and he's got that the magazine where he's yeah like, yes yeah. yes and is there life yes yes yeah yeah 
in I think especially after that of him like meeting his dad and being like there's nothing out there and mm. he really is like alright well I'm trying to get the fuck yeah. back cause I'm wasting <laughs> time right now uh, time is money yeah. <laughs> it's um yeah and, and his newfound like love for life after finding out there's nothing there mm-hmm. is is really cool too uh, I have another quote written down um or his dad says, I never once thought about home. And he goes, I, I know, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that that was really... That really, that was really tough. That really hurt. With that, um, the clip that Roy always had on him, like of the, his father, what, do, you, do you know how old that was? Like, was that one of like... I was trying to look all over the screen, and mm-hmm. I really could never figure out... Because I didn't know, like, how many times he would, like, send over, you know, like, yeah. video messages and stuff. Yeah. Like, what time he went dark and just... I said nothing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I was wondering that, too. That was pretty unclear. Because it's so... It's crazy going from, like, seeing that clip of your dad throughout your entire life of yeah. being, being very enthusiastic about space exploration and finding other life and pretty much being, like, definitively, <laughs> like, yeah, there is life. It's just going to matter, like, when we find it. And then... <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, uh, hands in the air. I don't think yeah. there's anything out there. Uh, my my bad guys. <laughs> my bad. But I'm also gonna stay out here and make sure there's nothing out here. Yeah. So. Uh, you can't make me go back. <laughs> yeah, if I go back to Earth, you just face an incarceration. <laughs> well, yeah, there's I'm wanted no... for war crimes. Yeah. There um... are no maritime laws. <laughs> maritime law. <laughs> Uh, I have another quote written down um, Brad Pitt's character says this in a voiceover he says he could only see what was not there um, but not what was right in front of him that was kind of heartbreaking actually yeah that that really cemented that was one of the last things he really said about his dad Mm -hmm. and I that really cemented the heartbreak of it, of being like... like the pain that he went through, his dad went through. I mean, like, you know, let's take this for what it is. This is my interpretation a little bit. 2019, Donald Trump is still president. We've mm. got the QAnon shit kind of flowing, and it's like, at a certain point, you look at your loved one, and you're like, God damn, you are off the deep in like <laughs> you are insane like yeah. I, I like i want to just believe that we have different political views or that we just have a different perspective well, but Christ, like you're, you're you make me right want to not be related to you yeah um yeah yeah <laughs> that's how i related it and that feeling is palpable I'll remind everyone, we live in North Carolina. <laughs> but, yeah. Swing uh, state. Swing! Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all I can say about that. What are your views on the 2016 election? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, next note says... No, I'm going to... on, right? <laughs> Question... <laughs> 
I'm going to try to get through these last four notes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try to like compartmentalize them. We got two minutes, 30 seconds till our next break. I had to burp. Mm. Not again. Okay. So last four notes. I have his relief of earth was insane, insanely inspiring to watch. Just like the thought of being away from home in general. I mean, when you mm-hmm. like go on vacation anywhere, you're like, oh, fuck, I wish I was at home. Yeah. I'm at some point this. in time, you're just like, oh, fuck, I want to be home. And him like being so awestruck about just seeing Earth again was <laughs> awesome. And yeah. then the visual of him crying at um, just like the guy reaching his like a guy he has no fucking clue of mm. just seeing another human being's hand reach yeah. into that capsule is enough to make him cry yeah. is such a great and strong visual great direction great writing absolutely perfect way to put this person's headspace into perspective I loved it mm-hmm. but um, any thoughts about the end of the movie because I have one more thing and we got like a minute and a half but any yeah. thoughts about the end of the movie that you have because I love the ending of this movie um nothing really that we haven't gone over I mean it's just just a good ending in my opinion yeah I mean it, like they wrapped it up really well in a, in a with a bow mm-hmm. two bows like I, I genuinely smiled when I saw his wife pop yeah. back up in his life again. Like yeah. I was very happy for him. That epilogue scene where yeah. he like truly understands like what he wants out of his life mm-hmm. and like what's like what means a lot to him and what's like truly important to him. You couldn't ask for a better ending. Yeah. There was I, no after credit scene though, so that, that kind of yeah, blew. no, not all that. Yeah. I need a. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wanted to see them tease out Astro yeah. too. But... Him come, his dad comes back. <laughs> his dad is Emperor Palpatine. He's got the Thanos glove. <laughs> Fade to black. I'll do it myself. <laughs> the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my god. But um. Yeah, we're going to do another break real quick. Actually, I have one last note. Mm-hmm. My last note is submit. Uh, just the perfect last line. Perfect last line. Um, nothing more needs to be said. I love the last line. I'll leave it at that. We're going to another break. We'll be back in just a minute. It'll be like 10 or 15 minutes after the break. And we're going to... Have the list up. We're going to rate this movie. We're going to talk about some common themes before that. And then we're going to sign off and be out of your hair. Peace. Actually, not peace. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Ah! Uh, we're going to finish it up. We're going to finish it up. And um, we're going to talk about the themes. We're going to talk about how we feel about this movie uh we're gonna give it a rating and we're gonna get the fuck out mm. so i, I <laughs> yeah i got shit to do um <laughs> uh so i'm gonna run through the my themes really quickly you have any themes written down or anything um just a few just really just like 
father son <laughs> father versus dynamics. son yeah, yeah yeah any and you know that, that i think that's genuinely that's mm-hmm. the overall yeah. overarching theme so yeah. i that's you know i don't have that one so yeah, the quizlet answer <laughs> that is legitimately no you're right yeah. that's the quizlet answer of what is this movie about yeah. uh it's it's daddy issues i that's yeah. <laughs> that's one of my ones in yeah, space. It's, it's <laughs> daddy daddy issues issues. Space. <laughs> yeah daddy issues with the uh the overarching theme that uh if daddy wins doomsday for earth yeah kind of um, reminiscent of a little movie called star wars if you've ever seen it never heard of it um <laughs> never heard of that at all maybe we can do it for the next episode yeah. next time you're on we might be able to do star wars <laughs> have you ever seen any star wars try movies anybody else that hasn't seen star wars to do that bro i would literally like let you and daniel just do star wars oh yeah as a podcast like <laughs> I, I literally would let you and daniel just watch fucking a new hope as a, a podcast God, and i would so literally just, uh you would hate it no i'm joking <laughs> no you probably would like it honestly i know yeah Daddy issues in space. That's my yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I mean that's pretty yeah yeah. No, I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. the same like plot device. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna run through my themes real quick. That was incredible because I didn't have that at all. But oh really? Was, no, no, <laughs> legitimately that was that was I didn't I have I had man versus self, but I didn't have oh man versus uh, self. I mean you know. That's another very overarching theme. Mm-hmm. Man versus father, man versus self. Yeah. You know, I think that's... Uh, they go hand in hand. In a way. But in this movie, I think they do a good job of separating mm-hmm. it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to... I'm literally about to sprint through these themes. So I have depression, numbness, God, psychological evaluations... Uh, loneliness, delusion, capitalism, man versus self, daddy issues, change versus tradition, circle of life, and identity crisis. Mm. Um, it's funny you mentioned God on there because I I I, for, I completely forgot about it, but there were like a lot of, or not a lot, but there like, was someone the captain of the Cepheus prayed yeah, to Saint praying. Christopher. Yeah, I forgot about that. He asked Saint Christopher for yeah guidance for and guidance like a and safe a travel. safe travel. And even his father absolutely in the, movie was... the worst thing you can say to you know give your character yeah. any type of foreshadowing. But, yeah, you know. after getting his nose ripped off by a baboon, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all in his plan. <laughs> God's plan. You know? God wants you to die a horribly tragic death. <laughs> That's God's plan for you. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the themes were evident in this movie, uh, painfully obvious, and for a good reason. I They have a story to tell. They tell it beautifully, and they do not overstay their welcome in any way. Mm. This movie is, like I said, two hours long, and not a second of it I really feel is wasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we first started this, I thought that maybe the monkey scene was a little bit of waste of time, but yeah. I, I've come to terms with it. it. We've come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. I've come to terms with it. You, 
I don't know. You seemed no, like... No, I was very, you, I was very <laughs> questioning about that scene. Yeah, I was, okay. I didn't, it was the last thing I was expecting to see was a baboon yeah. on a spaceship. <laughs> but I'm glad we came to terms with that because mm. I, I really do feel like I've... That, the, like, restructuring that scene has given me a perspective, mm. a different perspective on the movie, so... I really enjoy the baboon scene, honestly, at this point. <laughs> I, I came yeah. into this being, like, most un, unsure about yeah. the baboon scene, and then, like, after talking about it with you, like, I honestly am the most sure about the baboon <laughs> scene of being, like, the truest, like, metaphor for humanity mm-hmm. in this whole movie, honestly. The whole, and there's so much humanity in this movie. Mm-hmm. So for the scene where there's no talking and he's just mm-hmm. getting attacked by bamboos yeah. and giving him that perspective of like, well, humans are primates too and mm. they're going to follow whatever orders they're given or exactly how they feel about a certain yeah. given situation dependent on how they're conditioned to feel about this situation. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah loved it and mm. I love that part of the movie at this point so yeah in a way I bet he felt like his father too yeah and just being like ah oh, well I gotta I gotta do this for yeah. the greater good of for humanity. my needs rather than yeah yeah I agree with that but the, 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 the end the 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 uh the overall why we're here. Okie dokie. So, I'm gonna go ahead and give my rating. I love this movie. This was one of my favorite movies that we've watched so far, and I mean that genuinely. Mm. I gave this movie a 9. A 9 out of 10. I, I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, not perfect, but I really like this movie and I'd love to watch it again. So Yeah, honestly, I wish I had more time before this podcast so I could like rewatch it. Because it really was a good movie. But I I would uh, love to sit down and watch it with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh what's your rating on this? I'll smash. <laughs> yeah, I give it a <laughs> <laughs> uh pass. Yeah, <laughs> um yeah, I'm gonna have to give it a nine point five. Nine point yeah. five. That's the highest yeah. since Tax Driver. I think the only And do you know what that means as well? What? It's the highest rated movie in finding new films. Holy history. Holy moly. Smacking it down in an eighteen and a half. Oh my god, damn. This movie is gonna go in as the number one movie on the Finding New Films list. Uh, it was monumental. Monumental. Since the, the first episode is the highest rated. And the closest we've gone. <laughs> <laughs> but we brought it back. Yeah, we brought it back. We're delivering you back some quality film, baby. Yeah. Um, no. It, um... <laughs> That's actually really cool. Um, and, I, and, I, and I feel like it full well, full well deserves that, too. Yeah, just barely. And, and yeah, and just barely. Uh, so that means that Finding New Films rates Ad Astra over Taxi Driver. I should watch Taxi Driver, too. You should. 
I really enjoyed that movie as well. But um, Ad Astra, next time you see it, will be at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. Um, over Mr. Taxi Driver and Mr. De Niro and Scorsese. And I, I, I'm okay with that, honestly. I'm, I'm perfectly fine mm-hmm. with that. Honestly, I would have given it a 10, but I just feel like there were some lulls in the movie. Yeah. My mind would kind of wander. I agree with that. There was times where I was like, I'm writing notes down, and mm, I don't really feel like I need to rewind that part of the movie. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. There was some parts where I felt like I could take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it is a two-hour, not not the longest movie, but... Yeah, it, it definitely is a brisk pace. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely does what it needs to do and gets out, but... Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. a very good watch. Absolutely, I would I would mm-hmm. recommend it fully, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I would honestly recommend all these movies. Brad, if you're watching this, good fucking job. I fucking love you, man. You killed this shit, man. I'd have sex with you. Um, yeah, agreed. So I think that's enough. I think honestly. That's a good note to leave on. I would have mm. sex with Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think all of our viewers should have sex with Brad Pitt. I wish all of our viewers could. <laughs> yes. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, we, uh, we're finding new films. We found Ad Astra. Mm-hmm. And next week, uh, David will be in the seat. Mm. that's confirmed oh, I, really? if I have to edit this I'm going to be pissed the fuck off <laughs> <laughs> just kidding but um, we're finding new films we found out Astra and next week we will be finding uh, Apocalypse Now um, David will be in the seat this was Zach I want to thank Zach for doing this mm. uh, we literally watched this movie at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Daniel, we were maybe a minute off. <laughs> Daniel, in different rooms. <laughs> I think I started this movie like twenty minutes before you, but Daniel called me midway to like ask me a question, and it was twelve minutes. And mm-hmm. like I was coming out of the bathroom, and I saw like where he was in the movie, and I was like, "Where are you?" And he's like, "He's meeting his dad," and I was like. I'm not even there! And I, yeah. I, like, sprinted back into the room we're in right now because there's another TV, like, right over there to my right. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to go see it. Uh, and literally, it was right after. <laughs> like, as soon as I started pressing play, he yeah. started meeting his dad. and so I could, I could hear him, his dad, calling out, Roy? Roy, is that you? <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, he's so close. <laughs> we were, like, literally, like, yeah. fucking... Like head to head, <laughs> watching this movie. And guess um, who came out first? Mother. Me actually. Uh, <laughs> you were watching the movie for like five minutes after me. Hey, I did some research. I had to. I had. I honestly did go back and rewind some moments. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. It's sorry. This movie is a little dense. Yeah. But for good reason. Mm-hmm. For good reason. But yeah, David will be here next week. Um, uh, you guys will meet David. Um, you won't have to meet me, though, because this is, like, the seventh hour of me talking on this podcast. You'll hear an eighth next week. It's only going up for here. Since you're lucky. Uh, but, yeah, we've been finding new films. We found this one. We're finding another one next week. 
Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, like the video, comment. Mm -hmm. Please comment. I mm -hmm. want to know what you guys think. If yeah. you have seen this movie before, let us know what you think. If you would fuck Brad Pitt or not. Just anything. Let us know if you would. And I know that you would. <laughs> um, yeah, for real. Like, anything you gotta say about this? Yeah, good, bad, negative, ugly. ugly like, you think my uh, beanie sucks? I oh, would, yeah. I, I, I'll take the constructive criticism. I mean, I'll literally fight you, but... Um, <laughs> If you think you're better than me, then go ahead. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, that's enough. Peace.